0: Hi, this is Jordan. And I'm Brian, and you're listening to The Quality Varies. Hello, Hello, Jordan.
1: I'm looking at my calendar to my right. I'm stressed, I'm stressed out, man. What's going on? Between yesterday morning and Monday morning, I have about two hours that is not blocked out. <laughs> on my calendar. Wow. And
0: I like to be busy.
1: I don't like this though. Not a fan.
0: That sounds a little extreme. I live in extremes. And yeah, don't we all?
1: What are we doing today, Brian?
0: Well, I think you're pretty excited about uh, what we're going about what we're going about to talk about. Mm, English. I think I think you're pretty excited about our topic tonight. I'm
1: leaving all that in there. I hope you do. Yeah. So we're diving into D and D a little bit. Good old Dungeons and Durgans. Durgans and Durgans, hooray! I don't know how many weeks it's been since we've talked about it. Probably too long for some, and not long enough for others. Mm-hmm. A new book came out a couple days ago. What was that? Two days ago? Did it
0: actually come out? Yeah. Wait. Okay. What do you mean? What What do you oh, mean? I thought it was coming out next week, but Brian. but you and I have been reading it, so I've, I I thought that you had some kind of like special access to it because you're. Brand, very special.
1: I don't know if you're being serious with me, but if we had special access a week early, I would be spending thousands of dollars on marketing for this episode.
0: <laughs> All right, well, good we to know. would
1: be the dungeon coach uh, on YouTube. He did get early access about four or five days. Oh wow. And if I was like him, I would be spending more marketing on that single episode that he released than on any other video combined but uh dang needless to say no it is out i have the book right here that you can see brian nobody else can see uh your
0: hands over it so i mean yes. wow that's are you petting it <laughs> way to punch your <laughs> mic with the book <laughs> yeah for that noise that was the
1: sound of early release book bookage apparently uh right to the
0: mic uh, i am an audio expert yeah well you have a mic stand, my mic is just sitting on an upside-down basket right now, so I think we're both pretty <laughs> you don't need to tell. You don't need to tell the
1: people that, right? We scrammed, and we read this book, skimmed this book, and we got a, we got a couple other things we want to chat about,
0: but... Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I barely read any of it. That's okay. <laughs> I did not read this book.
1: We gave ourselves not a lot of time.
0: The two hours
1: that I gave myself yesterday... Um, I slept for three hours the night before, so I took a nap instead, so. Wow. Yeah, that's how that went. Living in extremes. (sighs) Yeah. Brian, you and I have very different personalities and interests, even in
0: the niche hobby that is D&D. Yes. Some could say, some might say, diametrically opposed perspectives when it comes to the game.
1: By some, I would... That would be me. I would say that. <laughs> I, I would say would. that we have opposed interests. I know you would. You think that we have complementary interests. That's the story I make. Um,
0: I mean, it all goes together, right? So, yeah. Yeah, they're complementary.
1: Yeah. When I look at D&D stuff, I don't care about stat blocks. I don't care about builds. I don't care about unearthed arcana. I don't think I've ever mm, read... There's
0: good stuff. In I think Arcana, the
1: only man. unearthed Arcana I've ever read was when you in the in, in the early days when you were still trying to make a character exactly like Cloud from Final Fantasy. You sent me mm-hmm. a it bunch was, of PDFs about tattoos.
0: It was Noctis about Noctis Noctis. Pa- Noc- Noctis Noctis Noctis. Thank you. Sorry, my, sorry, sorry, buddy. Cloud did come later, but uh, okay. The LG was Noctis. Anyway, least... continue.
1: You sent me a bunch of stuff about tattoos, and at the time I was like, what the heck is this crap? <laughs> I don't want any of this. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff. Some of, that, some of that has been published now. I yeah, think. most I of that actually is
0: in. official uh, in the Eberron book. Oh, is that the book that it ended up on? mm mm-hmm. book Did that book release after we started playing? I think just after, if I okay. remember correctly, which I might oh, that's not.
1: That's crazy. I, I must not have been aware of releases at that time because I... Have no memory of that. I just assumed Eberron had been out for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Us living in extremes, I went from zero D and D to um, all th- all the things, all the all the all the D and D. Yeah, all the things quickly.
0: twice, right?
1: I I mean,
0: I would say like one point four. Uh, yeah. so I see I a book sitting on your desk behind you, but I was reading are the book you, that you are bought. you talking about the Are you talking about the scriptures? No. The, the Bible? Hey, look at that book. No, the other one that you keep <laughs> oh, punching okay. and petting and slapping. The other Bible. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that book, the early release, Wild Be on the Witchlight, right there. But I was reading a digital copy, and I happen to know that uh, you don't get the digital copy when you buy the hard copy. So you must have bought that book twice.
1: Okay, first off, we got to make a comment on that real quick. I ever so uh Beyond does Facebook ads. Mhm. And there are a couple things in life I'm confident about. I'm confident that the sun will rise in the morning. Mhm. Very brave. I am confident that if I cold call 100 people in real estate, 98 of them will tell me that I'm the devil. Wow, that's very specific. Uh, one of them will take five minutes to understand what I'm actually asking them about, and then the other person might be interested in talking to me. And wow, th- the third thing I'm sure about is if I go into the comments of a and D Beyond marketing ad, is that a is that a double word? No, I they, think you're good. Of a Facebook ad, mm-hmm. most of the comments will be about people being frustrated that they don't get a digital copy on d Beyond when they buy the physical book. Uh-huh. Every single time. Yep. And if I look further down, I can also guarantee that there will spark an argument of people trying to explain to those people, <laughs> albeit in probably more aggressive ways than they could do it, <laughs> that they are two different companies and all the things that play into the reality of what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I get all that. But, but... my point was... <laughs> Uh, okay. You have two copies of this book. Brian, I'm trying to
1: avoid what you're asking me. and I'm
0: not asking you anything. I'm telling you, you, you got all the D&D stuff twice. Uh, you I went from have zero to everything twice in like okay. zero time. Okay. That's pretty extreme, man. I have most
1: of the source books twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I have maybe five of the adventures twice. Good
0: gravy, son.
1: That's not that's not that much. Uh
0: that is infinitely more than I have because I have zero.
1: There are, you have But a you have that's handbook. like
0: infinity. No, I don't have a player's handbook. My dad has a player's handbook. Oh, that's right. I have like four sets of dice and a dice tower. That's it. And some minis.
1: And some minis. I have four um, minis. That's, you know, it's
0: there are some books
1: that are just, it's a better experience if it has a lot of good content mm-hmm. to the point where I just enjoy just you know flipping open to a random page and seeing seeing what the universe has for me today. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is a much better experience on paper as far as just leafing through pages and kind of seeing what comes up. That I, get that. Me. I get that. I get that. You just can't do that on the online book. The online book is immensely useful for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Search functionality being... The brunt of it, yeah, yeah, and in integration that. into a character sheet and character building.
0: Yeah, I love that. By the way, yeah, uh, I it's... will. And also, I am making fun of you right now, but on a real note, like, like a real note, I will always be super grateful that you do buy the digital copies because you can share them with me, <laughs> and it makes making characters so easy. It is.
1: It is quite nice. I. I was logged in to, you know, the. I become ignorant on what other situations there are, and I, I, <laughs> I had been logged out because I wasn't using my computer, and I was just trying to go through D and D Beyond. I was trying to make something real quick. Somebody mm-hmm. had a question for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like, "What is this garbage?" <laughs> <laughs> it sucks when you don't have everything, dude. The SRD rules are crap. I mean, I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. I mean. They're there for a reason, yeah, and their purpose is fulfilled in tantalizing you <laughs> to to come further in.
0: Yeah, there's a
1: game. <laughs> I think I I've probably spent more money on this than I have on this other game. But Path of Exile, have I ever talked to you about this game before? S- multiple times, yes. So, quick version: if I've if I've never talked about it on air, but it's the free game that costs thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And Nothing but
0: your soul, as you've told me.
1: Yeah, nothing but the soul,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it it, it is a legitimately probably the best one of the best free games I've ever played because you don't you legitimately don't need to spend any money. Mm-hmm. Somehow I spent like seven hundred dollars on that game. <laughs> I don't I don't know how. There's a there's a cloth map, um, draped over my desk Holy behind crap, me right now. Dude. Signed by the uh, signed by the developers. Um, That's like a big
0: ticket item, dude. I don't I don't know how it got there. <laughs> One of those uh, three AM drunk purchases, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. One of those <laughs> was true. Um, <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. It was. It was bad. It was bad. It was real bad. Uh. D and D. Legitimately, like you don't. You just need a pen and a paper. Yep. And some buddies. And and some buddies, which might be the hardest thing for a lot of people. The um, hardest
0: thing, but in my opinion, the best. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: And somehow this free game, (laughs) at the risk of embarrassing myself, and I, uh, I get to challenge myself because you know, I don't like when other people don't talk about money openly, but then I get uncomfortable when I talk about it. Mm -hmm. But with books, and 3D terrain and minis, I've probably spent around. Oh, and uh, all the digital stuff and all the digital like virtual tabletops and all that. Mm -hmm. I could say. Easily two grand, twenty five hundred, tr- just like ballparking it without doing any math. Hmm. Oh, I forgot about. I bought a lifetime membership to World Anvil. Okay, hmm. so like, like three thousand.
0: I'm trying really hard not to exclaim something right now. After your little Run. disclaimer about talking about money, I don't want to embarrass you more or make you feel more uncomfortable. So I'm trying really hard. No, Brian. Not this is have... for the audience.
1: You gotta, you gotta just let it out there, buddy.
0: Three thousand dollars, Jordan. Are you serious? Yeah, it, it's all a tax write-off. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Who is your accountant?
1: Um, somebody. I swear, I never would have been able to explain this to her if her husband did not play D anD. d Holy. Christ
0: rap dude. And even a then I had to explain writer. to her yeah,
1: even then I had Gotta to explain be. to her how it was ta- tax write off. She's like, "My husband buys crap all the time. He doesn't get to write it off." I was like, "Well, you see here, I have this. I have this business. <laughs>
0: and it doesn't make any money, but <laughs> it doesn't make any money. <laughs> Wait, can I be writing stuff off? Are you talking about the podcast? No. Okay. What's your business?
1: Uh, so I have I have an LLC. I know, with the worst name in the world. I know, and since I did a random like one-shot thingy at a local game shop one time last year, uh, this is this you know everything is an expenditure. I do D and D, and I make money for it, so I gotta I, I have expenses, and maybe I only made thirty bucks in that one <laughs> shot, and maybe I've spent. <laughs> twenty seven hundred dollars <laughs> I don't know if uh, the audience is not seeing your I attempt don't... at talking and just like <laughs>
0: uh, i I don't know man the you're either a genius or need to be institutionalized for your own safety. That's quite a justification there, buddy. <laughs> 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 oh, you made I money on f- it one time. And so now you can write everything off. I think it's fantastic. Is that really how it works? Well <clears throat> No wonder our economy's in shambles.
1: At the risk at the risk of uh that not being how it works, <laughs> this is all obviously, you know, a hypothesis. Oh,
0: okay. oh good.
1: Yeah. But in that hypothesis, yes, for the past two years, that's that's how it's been working.
0: <laughs> well, I learned something tonight. Yes.
1: So, um, needless to say, when that pirate campaign got delayed, mm-hmm. that was stressful for multiple different reasons. Because mm. I kind of needed that income to come in at a certain time for me uh, to be able to show on my documents. Dang. So... That was, uh, that was me making a quick trip into my local game shop to see if they needed any
0: <laughs> dungeon
1: masters to do a one shot nice. and then they're like uh, no we're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> get out <laughs> and I was like you don't understand <laughs> I have expenditures <laughs>
0: <laughs> get out
1: That's good stuff. Okay. Uh, we've gotten that out of the way, okay? Oh, that was good. I enjoyed I have too that. Many
0: bu- I have too many books. Okay. You have too many uh, books twice. Let's be clear.
1: Uh, maybe I'll uh, that picture that I put on the Discord of that tower of books. Maybe. Send it to me. Yeah, I'll send it to you, and maybe you can throw that on the Instagram, and we can link that for the show. Mm,
0: That'll be a good one.
1: So, um. Yeah, I really do this for the people because I don't... I'm not saying all this for myself.
0: <laughs> we know. We appreciate it. So,
1: this book that I got
0: Twice. an appropriate
1: quantity of, uh, we just read through, skimmed a little bit of. I like to focus on the world building and the narrative aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Brian likes to make silly creations. Silly creations? Filmed. How dare you? <clears throat> Uh, So, I just want to dive right into it. Um, Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I only look at the character stuff. Yeah. And I I only looked at the character stuff in this book. And, yeah. That's okay. I only ever look at the character stuff and, like, sometimes the magic items.
1: Okay. Oh, cool. I mean, that's just... I was prepared to have everything spoiled for you, but... um... Maybe that just means I can use more out of this book than I originally intended.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely, I do actually purposely not read the adventure books in case you do take stuff from them as our forever DM. Uh, I that is actually a thoughtful I don't think a, that should ever be, a thoughtful that should ever be something,
1: uh, something you should be concerned about. I have, a, I have a habit of, maybe this is a character defect, but my ego, which we're going to talk about at some point mm-hmm. um, in the future. But my ego gives me a hard time on taking anything out of the modules that isn't heavily, like heavily morphed, if that mm. makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, you guys have run into many things from many source books and many adventures. That. Gotcha. Uh, so, so, yeah, I wouldn't, I would never worry about that. No. Okay. Well, cool. If maybe the only the only book I would ever suggest, possibly just because <laughs> we're about to because of possible future things is maybe ghost ghosts of salt marsh
0: mm, actually that was one of the ones I was thinking about reading oh well
1: the only the only things uh, I took from that is just because i I spend so much time just their mm-hmm. diagrams of like ships and their yeah. descriptions so I didn't take yeah. any of the story elements out of it so gotcha so you gotcha. should you should be fine okay so wild beyond the lit which light is that what it's called I have this book right here next to me, which has already proved its use. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us why you're so
0: excited about it.
1: So I ran first. You're not in the group that was privy to this. Thank goodness. Like, you should be happy because <laughs> it, it just dragged on and on. Mm-hmm. But in my other group, both of, uh, both of you guys are home in a homebrew setting. They, I, I set them along a path that I may or may not have, an, have had an end goal for. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think of an end goal as the sessions were going, and it just wasn't coming to me. (laughs) Oh, that's a terrifying spot to me. Yeah. At one point in time, they stopped an army from coming through a portal from the Feywild. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is great. You guys did an awesome job. Uh, Somebody's going to give you a reward. I don't know who or what it is yet because we only have 20 minutes left and I can definitely BS for another 20 minutes so I don't have to think of the treasure right now. Uh But I made the mistake of a couple of these folks had uh, stones with them that let them travel back to the Feywild. Oh, wow. And the players already knew, like, okay, these stones last for 15, 20 minutes before they kind of dim out if they're not in the Feywild. Mm -hmm. And so everybody just grabbed a stone and they just dipped back to the Feywild. (laughs) Just straight back there. I was like, "Oh, I don't, I, I literally don't know anything about the Feywild." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I, like the army, the army wasn't even from the Feywild. The army was just kind of chilling there. It was oh. a long story on that one, but yeah. wow, they were in the they were in the Feywild now, and off the seat of my pants, just just a bunch of stuff happened. <laughs> uh, there was a waterfall with a bunch of colors. Um, somebody grew like a porcupine. Spine Sweet. things um, From their back uh-huh. From uh, from touching the water um, huh. Another one got like 10 years older for Anyways they're going through And they spend they spend All this time in this village That they already don't necessarily know what's going on And then they go to the Feywild and they still don't know what's going on um, And this whole time I just am just spewing just I'm just throwing up Just <laughs> random stuff About what I think the Feywild looks like Because I have no clue Uh huh And so I'm sad that this book came out when it did, but I'm glad that it came out because it just gives me something. And I know there's some resources out there and there's some non-official stuff. And uh, I think it's cool. I didn't confirm it, but I think this official book referenced an unofficial book on the DMs Guild.
0: Hmm.
1: I have no confirmation for that. But if that's the case, I think that's a pretty cool thing. That just seems like a nifty little shout out. But I like it just because it gives me... I think the Feywild is a really cool place, now that I understand a little bit about it. One thing that I definitely wanted to stress about the Feywild is that it's a very beautiful but extremely dangerous place mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. And I feel like I can do a better job at at uh, putting that atmosphere forward, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, Yeah. Um, than I did last time. And when I was reading through this adventure... They did an absolutely amazing job at giving me a lot of inspiration on, yeah, it's like for somebody that might be looking, say like a kid is looking at some of this stuff from the outside. They might be like, oh, this is a bunch of like fun and colorful and like, you know, just like everybody's playing games. Right. But if you're an adult and you're in the Wild, it's horrifying.
0: Mhm. Uh, yeah, they're like gambling with each other's like souls and stuff right
1: yeah they're gambling gambling with each other's souls or like the you know i think one of the things in here was like kids kids that had been captured from the material Plane and they couldn't doom to like eternal because like they wouldn't get any older mm-hmm. so they were just doomed to just like working for eternity mm-hmm. yikes or like some of the stuff uh some of the the things that matt mercer put in the forced uh theater mm-hmm. where when you got into the theater, it was like kind of your soul was given to it. And so from the outside, it looks delightful,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but like they're doing like they're dancing and, and chant like singing against their will.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like this macabre, like, like the surface is not everything there is. Right. Um, so I just appreciated all that as I was going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the initial things that I wrote down, um, I love layers. And so right in the very beginning, they're like, Hey, Everything that happens through this book, like just be aware of and kind of look for significance with a couple of just these numbers, the numbers of three and eight. Because mm-hmm. they're going to show up in a bunch of different places and and eight is an hourglass and the time means a lot of things here. And then three is is also very significant in a bunch of different ways. And then I went through the rest of the book and there's like fairy rings where you can, you can either use the fairy ring if you're a fae hmm Or, like, if you're not a Fae, you have to have exactly eight people in the ring or else it's not going to do anything. There were just a bunch of little things where the numbers would show up. Yeah. Three had a lot of significance as far as something about the universe. I don't know. It was getting a little bit too philosoph- philosophical for me. Maybe I should have had you read that paragraph. But mm. uh, things come in sets of three a lot in the D&D universe. So, like, right. the the Coven that had taken over this Fae Wild area, they were, there was a set of three. Mm-hmm. And then the past, present, and future is a set of three. Oh yeah, So, yeah, yeah. I liked the layers, and it was multiple times throughout the book where they just mention, like eight and three, and if the play, they kind of rewards the players if the players start to catch on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and start to try stuff with those numbers because they would they, they would find a lot of success.
0: Hmm.
1: So I, I I like that because that's that's just you know the whatever amount of side stuff that just let the players explore and get something out of it i always think that's cool yeah something that i it was really random but there was a mechanic that the players or the characters basically one of the hooks that you could start the adventure in in the module was every character had lost something as a child and not like a toy or anything but or a toy in one case but the other one was like literally like three inches height or like the ability to smile or their literal artistic ability right um, which I love, just again, kind of what I was talking about with the Feywild aspect, where it goes—you know—it's much scarier than it seems originally. Mm-hmm. And until they get that thing back from the Feywild, they don't have—they don't have the opportunity to gain inspiration in the game. Oh wow! Because they're wow, like the the lore behind it is like you're. There's just like this nagging, yeah, just like irritation.
0: Wow, that's a big
1: deal. Yeah, I love that because I. I suck at giving inspiration anyways. <laughs> so I, I was just going to tell him like, you forever have lost something in the Feywild. Yeah. <laughs> you can never, you can never get there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, right in the first couple of pages, um, that was something I really, those were a couple of things I really enjoyed. Did anything stand out to you uh, right in the, right in the beginning? What, what sections of the book were pertinent to you for character stuff?
0: Um, well, we can talk about my experience with the book real quick. So whenever a new D and D book comes out, like I said before, the only things I look at are character options. Uh, One of the reason that another reason that I don't like the adventure books as much, the first one being, I don't want to like spoil any story that I might play someday, and the other one is adventure books don't often come with many character options, and in this case. The only character options were two new races and some, like, backgrounds. There's two backgrounds, I think, that you can choose from. Like, pre-written backstories. And uh, that was kind of it. And so, (laughs) I think we've talked about it on air. But the way I build a character is I start with some mechanics. And think about how how the character will perform and act in combat yeah and then i build like a personality around what kind of person would be good at that but i did a little exercise with the old uh wild beyond the Witchlight adventure book and i created a character backwards
1: uh i like where this is going
0: yeah i created uh two different characters actually um your way where you come <gasps> up with like like a personality Ugh. and junk like I love that it. i love it i'm so excited and uh, i didn't even do any mechanics or like anything
1: okay real quick because I, f- I forgot i wanted to i'm twice as excited about what you're about to say to me but I-, I did forget i wanted to quickly since i do now have a little bit more understanding of the feywild i just wanted to quickly uh explain kind of what we're talking about with the feywild all the time because there's a lot of folks that they're struggling to follow us with D&D stuff, mm. let alone the Feywab. So, oh, yeah. I forget that. <laughs> the 32nd version is... Uh, so Dungeons & Dragons. If you're not with us there, uh, you're hopeless. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Goodbye, um, listener. <laughs> uh, yeah, single Wait, listener. Wait, come back. Um, we need you. It's a, it's a single... Yeah, at least leave a review on your way out. <laughs> um. um you, it's a role playing game, <laughs> and picture I don't know the published land that you can play in. There's a couple different ones, but one of them you can picture is like the Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, Middle Earth mm-hmm. high fantasy, um, right? Yeah, high fantasy. And so that would be considered like the material plane that's the world mm-hmm. that everybody lives, you know, a lot of people live on. Mm-hmm. But then you have, uh, like hell. Hell is a different plane of existence mm-hmm. in the D and D universe, right? And then in D and D, there's what's it the nine the nine levels of the hell?
0: Nine hells. Yep. The there's, nine hells. There's nine levels. Yeah. Um, so Dante's Inferno. Yeah. For you.
1: So you got you got that. You have I think it's like I think it's called Mount Olympus, which is a little bit of the opposite. Then you have Elemental Plane. Mm-hmm. You have the plane of air, which is just yeah. an elemental plane, and it's just literally just wind all over the place and with some rocks scattered about. Yeah, yeah. And the an elemental plane of water and all that stuff. And then you have the Feywild and the uh, Shadow Realm. How am I doing on my thirty seconds? I think I'm doing good. Mm, yeah. Um, and those are called mirror planes, and they're kind of on each side of the Material Plane. And the Feywild is kind of the, or the Shadowfell is kind of like the gloomy black mirror uh mm-hmm. version of the material plane and so there's a lot of similarities and maybe like a maybe like a castle on the material plane is like this rotten, fested like elder tree or something mm-hmm. you know in the shadow fell yeah and the Feywilds wilds is also a mirror plane but it's picture like a high saturation high saturated just high fantasy just colors everywhere
0: yeah, like the grass is like magenta, and like yeah, bushes yeah. are like blue stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so like a castle in on the material plane would be just this dark thing in the in the Shadowfell, and in the Feywild it might be like a tower of crystals mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, so they are kind of aligned in that way. But uh, yeah, in the Feywild there's you know Fey beings and you get a lot of, like, elves. Elves came from there, I think. Am I right on that, Brian?
0: Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I know where elves came from in the Lord of the Rings universe, but I don't know where they came from in the D&D universe. Gotcha.
1: Well, mirror planes, that's basically what they are, and so if somebody's in the Feywild, it's just this weird uh, upside-down in Stranger Things is a good way of maybe describing... Is the Shadow Realm what I'm thinking of? There's not another name for it. The is Shadowfell. It? The Shadowfell. Yeah, that's that's the that's what I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. The mirror. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the scary, spoopy place.
1: So that's like the the upside down in Stranger Things would probably be a pretty good example of the uh, Shadowfell. If you just picture the opposite of the upside down, that would be kind of the the farewell. So we'll see what I cut out uh, out of all that explaining uh, in the post. <laughs> but Brian, you made a couple characters out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the little that was in there.
0: And I'm uh, so excited. <laughs> what do you have for us? All right. First, I'll give you the first, last, and the last first. So, the second character I made is a fairy. A fairy is typically, in d only a monster race. Uh, you, yeah. could, you could you couldn't never play as a fairy uh, until last week. So, I made... A fairy ranger
1: oh that sounds so unoptimized and i'm so excited
0: actually hyper optimized and i'll tell you why Intimate. all right all right <laughs> i can't i can't completely break the mold here jordan i gotta do something <laughs> i gotta do some power building <laughs> yeah uh his name is tim tinney because i thought that sounded funny yep so his background i chose one of the pre-written backgrounds the witch light hand background. So a little bit about the Witchlight is the... It's this, it's this, like, traveling carnival. The Witchlight carnival. And so Tim, Tim Tinney, was, a, like, a, a carnival worker. He was a carny, basically. He grew up an orphan, just like every other uh, D&D character ever. Uh, until he found, he found the carnival, and he found a family. Uh, he felt... He found belonging... Uh, with these other outcasts uh so even though his duties were minor uh he finally found a place that he could call home uh so they traveled around the feywild and uh, across the multiverse like you were talking about they traveled to the astral sea and the elemental plane of earth and they just well, they would set up shop everywhere and they perform and old tim was just there helping out just loving loving life one thing about the Feywild is uh, it gets a little timey-wimey, you know what I'm saying? A little wibbly-wobbly. Mm, that's with, a great description. With the uh, the whole time-space continuum. After a couple of years to Tim, it had probably been, nobody really knows, but it had probably been maybe a couple of decades in, you know, outside the carnival time. Uh, and so eventually he saw all these wonderful places... Uh, these exotic locales, and he just kind of start started to feel a little bit of uh, wanderlust. Uh, he he started to yearn for an adventure uh, all his own, and so he went to the owners of the Witchlight Carnival, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, and uh, they were inspired by his by his uh, call to adventure, and so they, as archfey beings. Uh, blessed him with some strange fey magic and he became a fey wanderer ranger and uh bade him to wander all the wilds of the multiverse with these new gifts so that's how he became an adventurer one of the cool things i thought they added was uh, a fey trinket you could give your character during character creation Uh, yeah. yeah and there's like a hundred of them and I didn't read all of them, but I just kind of skimmed through and found some that I liked. And I uh, I gave Tim a tiny electrum whistle that only fey creatures can hear. Ah, huh. thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. And so typically, like, a fairy has, like, when I think of a fairy, I think of, like, butterfly wings, right? Yeah. Uh, but they made, they gave you options to choose, like, different kinds of wings, like you can have like beetle wings that like fold up underneath like a shell kind of. I gave Tim hawk wings. You can have bird wings instead of like bug wings. So that was. cool. And you
1: say that this book doesn't have an, an immense amount of character options. They give you wing options.
0: There's a lot of there's options. Yes, they're just none of the options that I'm looking for typically. <laughs> so yeah, that's Tim and. I like uh, it.
1: You mentioned your, your lovely name. What's Tim Tinney? Yes, Tim Tinney. I think that's a song lyric. I don't know if you read any of the names I think... of many of the characters in the book, or if you read the cards in the back of the book.
0: Mm, I skimmed through the pronunciation guide. So I'm going to read some of these
1: off, and you'll realize that your name for this character is very apt. Good. So we have Clapper Claw the Scarecrow, <laughs> Candlefoot the Mime, Jingle Jangle the Goblin, Ah, oh,
0: that's a good one.
1: Pedal stream the Kenku. <laughs> pin cushion the living doll. I mean, you get the point. I mean, mm. it's. I mean, Tim Tinney is right up there with right him. there. Yeah,
0: good. Glad I uh, nailed the flavor there.
1: Yeah, I like it. And by the way, I love the backstory. Good. I think I'm that glad. was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad. In in the thing, they were wanting to say like, if these backstories are used in this adventure, they're wanting it to be said that like the characters still have never been to the Feywild, even mm-hmm. with those backstories. Yeah. And I just ignore, I just completely ignored that. And I was like, bah, yeah. we'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> It'll just make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the coolest parts about a game of this structure that, uh, like you can just do whatever you want and work with the dungeon master. Yeah. Just kind of bend the, bend the things to make it meet. I don't know. I like that.
1: I like it. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I will say another, you kind of mentioned it a little bit and I'm going to take it from the dip, from the DM angle Mm -hmm. with a lot of stuff in the beginning, or maybe this was from a video I was watching, but they give, they give a lot of DM general advice at the beginning of the adventure, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, unusual. I haven't gone through a ton of the adventures, but they give you, they give you a good, like two pages, three pages of like, here's another rendition of kind of a walkthrough of how to mm. be a dm
0: yeah have you read uh van richten's guide to whatever Ravenloft? yeah
1: um i have uh, i have tried it's i have not been able to get through it
0: gotcha i think there was something similar at the beginning of that book uh, it was right. like here's kind of the general lore of the world and here's how uh, to be a dm in this adventure gotcha but anyway
1: when they start when they started going through the character stuff i loved the little comments that they were making Where it was like, if the DM is okay with this being in their game, then you can go with this. And I was like, ah, (laughs) what a a beautiful thing to put there so that you guys have never been a problem. But I have had players where they're like, hey, man, this is a published D&D book.
0: Mm, That's a little bit of a tool bag thing.
1: Yeah. And not that, I mean, I don't victimize myself to be like, oh, no, like Mm -hmm. that book doesn't say that I can't not allow this. (laughs) I guess I got to give it to you. Yeah. (laughs) But it is a nice little thing, Mm -hmm. maybe for my own pleasure, where I'm like, my ego and my God complex (laughs) remembers that it also says at the end of the paragraph that if your DM allows it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I may have allowed it if you hadn't have tried to pull that card on me. Ooh. Pulling rank. Yes. So.
0: Good. That's good stuff.
1: So I just, I I appreciated that and I noticed that very quickly on the DM side Mm -hmm. when it just stresses like this this is a unique thing it may not work for every game Mm -hmm. and just because it's published don't assume that it's gonna it's gonna mesh great with what your dm hasn't has in store for you
0: yeah yeah i like that they put that in the book because like all of the all of the like youtube channels that i watch they have like their own ideas about the game uh and yeah they obviously they all say i mean i'm a dm at my table and i allow this but talk to your dm to see if they'll be okay with it because i mean yeah. we're bending the rules here so yeah. that is cool that they added that in the official book
1: all right so what did you have for your second character
0: the second character is the one that came to me a little bit easier actually um and <laughs> the backstory is a lot longer i took a little bit more liberty a lot. I took a lot of creative license with this backstory. My body is ready. So the other race presented in the Wild Beyond the Witchlight is the rabbit folk.
1: Well, Were you excited about this? Did you Had you seen this in Unearthed Arcana already?
0: I, yes, were I you had. Were prepared? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I do think rabbit folks are cool. The Heron Yon, uh, I read. I That's why I looked through the pronunciation guide. I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing <laughs> yeah. that right. The Heron so he's a male heron, rabbit folk. I'm probably just going to say rabbit folk from here on out. This background, I took the fey background from the book. And uh, again, I took a lot of creative license here. But uh, so as a very young toddler, like two years old, his, he lived in a cottage in the middle of the woods with his parents and the last wilder on the material plane prime material plane okay he's 2 years old and the faintest earliest memory he has uh, of this cottage is him running away not running away he's wandering off into the forest and he looks back at his house this cottage and wondering how far he'll get into the woods before his parents come and find him So he kind of scurries off to try to play a little prank on his family right during Twilight. And he uh, gets lost in some shrubbery and kind of gets lost, falls down, and then finds himself in the Feywild. Because that's how that happens. Like you said, it's a mirror realm. And it's like the book says it's a hair's breadth away from the material plane. So it doesn't take much other than being really unlucky to get there. Yeah. So he gets lost in the Feywild. He's two years old. Eventually, after what seem like days, he winds his way back to where the, his cottage should be. But like you said, the Feywild is different. And instead yeah. of a cottage in the clearing, there is a family of rabbits that live in a burrow. So he falls yeah. down this rabbit hole, haha, and uh, he he lives with the rabbits for a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, so he he lives I mean, with the hey, rabbits. Man,
1: just commit.
0: I mean, the whole raised by wolves thing—it was yeah. the trope has been kind of overplayed. So we went with rabbits this time.
1: I should talk to you one day in another episode. Apparently, apparently raised by wolves. There's something, there's some story of my family about some kid in the pioneers in my Homer family mm-hmm. that was protected by wolves hmm. uh, for like a day or so.
0: I believe it. Yeah. We'll have to talk about pioneers, pioneer stories. That'd Not be an course. exaggeration, by the way, I yeah. just feel like
1: I have to give that disclaimer after our previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So raised by rabbits.
0: Yeah, raised by Feywild rabbits. They're not your uh, average, ordinary, prime material rabbits. They're fancy rabbits. Like Peter Rabbit. They can talk. So they raise him. right? But uh, the Feywild is this weird place, right? And it's kind of insidious a little bit. And so he spends enough time with these rabbits in the Feywild, in their home. He... Things starts to change, right? He doesn't realize that things are changing. Anyway, he goes on another walk, uh, this time early in the morning yeah. in the Feywild before the sun rises. Gets lost again and winds up back on the Prime Material Plane. And he's only been gone. He's been gone for a couple of years on the Fe- in the Feywild, but uh, he winds up in the Prime Material Plane. Starts to have these like vague memories of the forest, right? Yeah. So he goes back to the clearing where his cottage was, and uh, he remembers the cottage, but the cottage is showing uh, some signs of age. Yeah. It's like, it seems a lot older than it should. Um, So he goes into the house, finds his parents, but they are, like, super old now. So, like, decades have passed in the prime material plane, and he had just been missing. And his parents were... Obviously distraught, but, uh, but unbeknownst to him, he had changed from a human into this rabbit folk. So oh, so he was a—he
1: was, was a, a human. full human yeah. in the beginning. Okay, right. very interesting.
0: Right, and that's like the the big like liberty that I took with this because that's not how the the rabbit folk came about. Oh no, but I officially. mean, if you were to
1: come, I mean, if you were to come to me with that, I would be. 110 percent down right that's a that cool origin. thing right yeah like that's so that's so dope well and it's like the um it talks in the like that's not necessarily the origin it may give for the heron the heronon heron mm-hmm. heron mm-hmm. the rabbit folk i see why you chose rabbit yeah folk. yeah yeah but they mention elsewhere in the book that when you're in the feywild things start to change physically mm-hmm. like you get tufts
0: of fur or yeah things yeah. like that mm-hmm.
1: S- Yeah, i'm super down with it
0: yeah Yeah, so I just, I kind of took everything that was there in the book, and I just kind of cranked it up a little. Yeah, as you do. (laughs) Who, me? (laughs) So his parents barely recognize him, but he does still look enough like himself that they recognize him fairly soon. And so he lives with them for a few more years, but then unfortunately they pass away because they were super old. Yeah. So they die, and he's still like early teens, like 13, 14 ish. I don't know. Uh, so he wanders again, but he stays on the primaterial plane. And then wandering kind of becomes his shtick. He can never, he does never stay in one place for more than two nights. And he just turns to the drink to kind of to ass- assuage the pains of uh, his lost childhood.
1: A drunkard um, half rabbit, mm-hmm, I'm super down with this,
0: yes, uh, oh, did I tell you his name? No, okay, his name is Jackie Hope.
1: <laughs> I like it. I love that,
0: so he turns to the drink, becomes an alcoholic, roams around, wanders around, stumbles upon this uh monastery in this little town that uh, teaches martial arts. The headmaster there or the head monk. I don't, I don't know the term for head monk at a monastery. He is a drunken master monk. And so he finds this little rabbit, half-rabbit alcoholic kid. And he takes him in into the monastery. And he, and he trains him to be a drunken master monk.
1: This is taking, I understand this is high fantasy. This is taking a turn I was not expecting. <laughs> I like it though.
0: Yeah, so the, then he regains like purpose and direction in his life, and and then he becomes an adventurer. Yeah. So, I thought those two classes kind of embodied the kind of uh, random nature, the kind of unpredictable nature of the Feywild. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting exercise for me to start with a character and end with a uh, a class, because I because uh, I I go in reverse of that normally.
1: So how, um, cause I have done the other way as well, where there is a, what did you say? A mechanic that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I've done like, I've done that as well. So for you coming into the other, you know, doing it another way, did you enjoy that? I mean, wh- how I was did. that for you? I did. I Narrative.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, cause Jackie kind of came to me as soon as I started reading about the hair and yawn. Yeah. And I was trying to think of like, the Feywild because they didn't give any classes and that's what I really look for they didn't give any classes or subclasses in this book and so I just started kind of going through other subclasses and like ah, what's kind of like you know like wibbly wobbly timey wimey unpredictable oh a drunken master monk that's their whole flavor is like moving weird like the unpredictable combat style so I went with that and then uh actually he uh he kind of became uh jackie chan and bugs bunny combined put together yeah. so uh yeah big that's, fan that's jackie hope
1: those might be my two favorite characters you've created no i'm just kidding wow i've spent some more time with some of your other ones yeah To warm up that
0: warm up to them a, a few more a few more time yeah, have a few more hours yeah. <laughs>
1: those are awesome though i love the the fairy i have a harder time like connecting to yeah But the rabbit folk, because they put that wonderful image on page thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a just a cool visual. Yeah,
0: it's a cool it's a cool race. Like I think there's a there's isn't there a movie where like the Easter Bunny is kind of like this kind of rugged.
1: Oh, I don't. uh, I don't know. I do. There was a couple kid movies about hamsters.
0: Uh, Not that one. Okay. Uh, it was like Jack Frost and Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and like, uh, uh some other like I don't know holiday based characters like.
1: I know in like the third Santa Claus, they start throwing like all the. I think mm. I like I think in that third, third Santa Claus, like the Easter Bunny is like this like, I, in my head like it was like older like rugged like gravel kind of mm. like gravelly speaking.
0: Yeah, the movie I'm thinking of is like a it's a CGI like kids movie. I think it's called oh, Legend gotcha. of the Guardians. Gotcha. And the Easter Bunny is like this like he's got an Australian accent and he's like <laughs> he like throws boomerangs and stuff and he's like this Yeah. like really bad a fighter guy. So. That's cool. I yeah, like anyway, that. yeah, well, those, the rabbit folk kind of lends itself to that.
1: And the and the mechanics of the rabbit folk are great as well as far as adding you get to add a d4 to dexterity saving throws.
0: Yeah, some of the the racial bonuses are really cool. Uh, Again, though the fairy, the fairy ranger will be the most broken, like low key the most broken character on your team probably.
1: Yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind. Thanks for letting Mm -hmm. me know in advance. Remember Rabbit Hop from the Rabbit Folk? Mm -hmm. uh, Because that was the main thing I wanted to mention. I love this Rabbit Hop thing. I just think it's a really cool. As a bonus action, you can jump number of feet equal five times through proficiency bonus without Mm -hmm. provoking opportunity attacks.
0: Yeah, like what a cool, super cool.
1: Yeah, I just think of so many like so many instances where that just gives you, and that's as a bonus action. Yeah, that, oh, that's that's I I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, so super I, cool, super cool. I race. think immediately of rogues, but I also think mm-hmm. of like I think of like a wizard who yeah. I like can jump in and do like a devastating melee attack mm-hmm. and jump out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, super cool. There's lots of so, there's so many cool things. Yeah. but like remember Stephen's ericakra uh, monk. Who just fly oh, yeah. around everywhere. Before nope. I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Before you killed <laughs> him. Wow. You know, I was thinking about that this last week. Yeah. I think your two best moments of DMing, in my opinion, were right after that character died and right after my character died. Uh, and yeah. I, I just thought, hmm, killing us must give Jordan some kind of superpower or something. <laughs> it was, um, I mean, I...
1: uh, that's a whole different conversation i mean it's (laughs) such a a can of worms yeah it's a can of worms um but but yeah i i do vividly remember planning those sessions like the session after each of those deaths Mm -hmm. um those were those were very fun sessions and like definitely ones where i sat down and i already like I was excited, like I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel anxious and like I'm avoiding it. Mm-hmm. But like those two sessions, like I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I didn't care, like I was just pumped, mm-hmm. and I sat there for like five, six hours, and just I have, I use notep- like I use notepads mm-hmm. in the beginning for a lot of stuff, yeah, and it starts to become a real problem when there's just piles of like note paper just like scattered <laughs> around because I'm trying to just write fast enough for mine. So, yeah. like I said, can worms. Um, right, right, but uh, but yeah. I, I, what were you saying about? Sorry. I oh, distracted. I
0: was talking about flight in player characters. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so flight yeah. But just imagine if he had had a bow, right? Imagine yeah, giving yeah. him a long bow with six hundred feet of range, and he could just yeah. fly. Yeah, it's busted. That's why. That's why the fairy ranger is gonna be like one of the most annoying and overpowered characters on the team yeah
1: i mean it's always exciting that a ranger gets to be powerful though because mm-hmm. that love, hasn't been the case in the past
0: yeah i love and partly because i like i like hiking and exploring in yeah. real life and so that flavor is just so appealing to me but they do kind of get dunked on uh in the D and D community for being subpar fighters yeah which i well and i think I, I mean, don't there love... were
1: so many, there were so many examples in this adventure, and I know Matt has brought it up before towards the end of season two, of Critical Role, and I feel like there's like a shift of like I I don't have any problem with combat, but I think there's a shift of like trying to like okay, what what more can we do? Like, what other non-combat things can we do mm-hmm. that is satisfying mm-hmm. for players to to dive into? Yeah, um, and I'm all for that. I love that, and so. The first time I saw a ranger, like, I haven't done a whole lot with it. But I've always loved the thought that, like, man, rangers are so powerful, just not necessarily in ways that are combat related.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's true. They are super good. They have a ton of stuff for non-combat, non... non, And maybe not social interaction, but, like, just getting around the world. They have a lot of cool stuff.
1: Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a type of game... Or a type of adventure where the, again, this isn't something that I, you know, I see it as like an interesting thing. I don't mm-hmm. have any interest in being the person that creates it, but mm-hmm. there's a type of adventure where the ranger is the most power, like is the most necessary mm-hmm. or valuable character on that team.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So I I just always appreciated that. Mm-hmm. So yes, wings, wings are annoying as a DM. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it also, it makes it fun. It, yeah. The first time Steven's character, for those who, who don't remember, Steven is, is another player in our D and D group. The first time he wanted to fly from Phandalin to Neverwinter. I was like, okay, what, what, how can I, what do I do? How can I mess him up? <laughs> weather. Oh my goodness. Weather is a thing. Like that yeah. was, that was how it went in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I make a story that that ended up being a fun a fun thing for him because he, he got lost in the woods and they had mm-hmm. to fight with the merfolk and yeah. the the Otoa the or whatever they're called. I don't know. Yeah, so he, he made me remember that weather is a thing that can happen <laughs> yeah. sometimes outside. so <laughs> but Yeah. I liked yeah. it. Well, I fully approve of those two character builds.
0: Good. I'm a big I'm fan of them. Also, um, since yeah. I've been on this narrative character <clears throat> mindset... Yeah. You mentioned your pirate campaign earlier. Uh, yeah. I have character foundation that I will be playing whenever you run that for us. And I'm super excited.
1: Brian, would you like a an exclusive sneak peek on what the
0: one-shot is that I'm thinking about? The pirate one-shot or like a different yeah. one-shot?
1: The pirate the pirate one-shot.
0: Is it a one-shot? There's a, Well,
1: there's a pirate campaign, but as part of that, in the effort of world-building it, and also I I had committed to some people here in town that I would show them DD and I wanted to do so I decided to lump everything together. I and see, somebody I see. wanted somebody wanted something scary for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Somebody wanted how ha- somebody wanted pirates and somebody wanted a one shot. So I was like, <laughs> okay, spooky, spooky pirate one shot.
0: Hooray!
1: Done. D So would you like me to give you the brief of the spooky pirate one shot? I would love like, nothing else. Uh, this isn't going to spoil anything for you. This is basically what the rest of the players will be getting as like the, this, you know, this is the basis of the thing. Mm-hmm. So Southern Tatria is a, is a, is a massive body of land in my world. And it's a big hub of just lawlessness and, and pirates are just abound bound there. So you characters, the, the characters that you guys play are the sole survivors of an old shipwrecked, ship from years and years ago and basically that like the night of that shipwreck has a lot to do with the game where you guys had been on a super successful just year of pirating you had all you know everybody on that crew was gonna go home and literally live the dream of they had all looted enough that they could all retire and that is what every pirate dreams of Um, and then you guys made the fatal mistake that many pirates do where you wanted one last haul before you got home. And so you guys, um, on your way home, you, you stopped at a port city, um, you snuck in and seemingly kind of just land, landing in your lap were two of the children of the uh, king in that land. And so you kidnapped the children on the basis that you would get a ransom and took them with you. And then you just, you headed straight home convinced that you were going to get from a ransom you were going to get twice of everything that was already on your ship in a ransom in a couple weeks and as the it was you know that was that was over on Locria, that was the last kind of continent before you guys headed out to the open waters um and it was about two weeks to get to to tatria back to home and during that trip the it was a it was a set of twins a boy and a girl just things start to happen and the boy Uh, unforeseen circumstances the boy dies tragically and the girl just like starts doing weird stuff and eventually like is like she curses the she curses the ship and she starts like doing these like some of the men on board start hearing like chanting late at night from this girl and as you guys are you know you guys are like a mile away from shore and like this massive storm creeps up and you can just you know she's screaming like chants on on the deck of the ship and the men try throwing her overboard and they thought it worked, but then uh, she's up um, tied up on the, uh, the sails and just like screaming <laughs> these chants. Holy crap. And then, uh, and then you guys crash on the rocks, not, you know, not half a mile away from the port and everybody in the crew, except for however many players there are, you guys are the, you guys are the sole survivors. Uh-huh. So the basis of the adventure is that, that was however many years ago, and some men have reported seeing your old ship sailing in the dead of night just off of just off of the coast and you have basically been ordered by the head of the the pirates. I don't want to give too much away about kind of the structure. but you've basically been ordered to go clean up your mess as they saw it and uh, and so you guys go out on a different ship and you gotta go figure out what's happening and it's it's just a nice little spooky little spooky sesh you know
0: dang dang dude dude that sounds heckin fun i'd play that in a heartbeat so that's
1: kind of the one shot that i'm that i'm planning there's a couple there's a couple things that i'm uh really looking forward to to kind of mix it up a bit Uh uh-huh and uh as
0: always i am very excited to try to fit this into one session (laughs) yeah the uh the curse of the one shot that never ends up being a one shot yeah even even my one shot that i tried to run for you and uh yeah you and and tanner i literally had one encounter i was like there's no story i i'm literally throwing some (laughs) character some monster stat blocks on a piece of paper and i'm gonna make you fight it and we still (laughs) drug it out to two sessions
1: I'm so glad that that happened, though, because that just means I get more sympathy.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: That's kind of the basis of what that is. That is my one shot that I'm planning right now, Um, hopefully for by the time Halloween rolls around. But I mean, hey, uh, I did a Christmas. I did a Christmas session with another group literally seven months after Christmas. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because that's how long it took us to get around to it. So wow. We told each. It was a Christmas gift exchange, mm-hmm. and in the beginning, like the September before, I was like, "Hey, let's plan on doing this around November time." Uh, and in June of the next year, holy
0: crap!
1: We're like, "All right, gift exchange." <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't to do with it with the players at all. It was just like narratively that's how long it took to actually get to the thing that I thought would take a single session oh, later.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jeez. so.
1: So, but that that's the one shot. I'm excited. And since pirates are always interesting, yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully it kind of brings an element that already kind of raises the, the fun mm-hmm. standard. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, the, speaking uh, of uh, spooky one shots.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I, and can I just say, I have never actually, I have always hated horror stuff. I've yeah. never liked it i've always hated being afraid yeah like uh like this is a little embarrassing but like when i was a kid i couldn't watch scooby-doo uh like right before bed because like the bad guys would like give me nightmares and i hated it yeah uh i i've never liked being scared uh and i will stand by that uh i think the, the that not liking, not enjoying, being afraid, not liking fear, is uh, evolutionarily and psychologically superior to people who <laughs> okay. enjoy watching okay, horror buddy. movies.
1: Okay, I don't like scary stuff, but uh, I don't know if I can put that under my mantle and sit there proudly with uh, it. Does Maddie like scary
0: stuff? No, no, she's a sane person.
1: That's good. That's that's a that's a. You know, as far as things to have in common, I feel like that's a good one. Yeah,
0: that is. That it sure makes movie night easier. But anyway, <laughs> I've never liked horror stuff. I've never liked scary things. I've but paradoxically, Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. Of course. Dressing up, like I don't know, dressing up as something scary was cool, and the yeah. candy kind of helped probably. But uh, that pirate, that spooky ghost pirate one shot sounds amazing we just uh well i just barely finished uh, ashley johnson's one shot from critical role and it was pretty spoopy
1: it was pretty spoopy and i loved it so first off this is the first time anybody has ever been able to witness ashley johnson so ashley johnson Mm -hmm. critical role Mm -hmm. she's the only player that had not yet DM'd if I'm correct. I don't think yeah she was. I think the last she was one. the last player. Yeah.
0: Mm, wait, what? Did Laura has Laura run one?
1: She has. I don't know if it was D and D, but she did. She did okay. something.
0: Yeah, because yeah. the the one shots tend to be something different.
1: Yeah, um, and I still hold to this day that I think Travis's is might be my favorite.
0: Grog's? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was
1: it was <laughs> so good because I'm a child. And <laughs> yes. Just,
0: we can talk about Travis later. But... Yeah,
1: but yeah, today today is is Ashley's, and Ashley did an amazing job. I had been it's been like two years since we had to, like it had come up uh-huh. initially of her DMing something.
0: Yeah, this is a two-year-old um, promise. They hit a stretch goal like two years ago when they started printing their comic books. Right,
1: it was their stretch goal for their animated tv show
0: oh that's what it was gotcha yeah and so and she yeah.
1: her her dming a one shot mm-hmm. was the last stretch goal Mm-hmm. it was the tippy top
0: yeah and they, they hit it they in just... like a day yeah <laughs> i remember that yeah
1: <laughs> which i'm sure ashley was like excited about because uh-huh. she it's nice but <laughs> also like uh <laughs> holy crap yeah like i gotta i gotta run this now mm-hmm. so luckily she had a long time to prepare Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Not like she wasn't busy or
1: anything. Ashley is a very busy person. All of yeah. them are pretty dang busy people. Yeah, they don't talk about it much, but man, looking into it a bit. But that you know, that's besides the point. We got a right, one right. shot to talk about. Yeah, Ashley did an amazing job. So um, good. What's your? I mean, what's your? How would you describe the summary? Spoilers for people. How would you describe the summary of what Ashley ran for the group?
0: Um, it was basically the movie Alien. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it so there it's a yeah it's a sci-fi thriller horror uh game and again like i don't like being afraid and maybe it's because i was listening to it in broad daylight that i liked it so much but she was so good at like setting up and describing the the they weren't really jump scares because it's uh, it was really hard i tell a story that it would be really hard to like pull off a jump scare in a tabletop game, yeah. But like, like she'd set the scene for it, and you're like, and I was like, this is where the jump scare is gonna happen. I know it because all of these things are happening, and like the lights are out, and you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. And she's like describing like the the beam of the flashlight, like only hitting like a three oh, foot yeah. diameter on the wall, and like you can't see yeah. anything else. And I'm like. There's a freaking monster in there. I know <laughs> yeah. it. And it was so yeah. intense, right? And it was so good. But hands down, my favorite thing about this uh, this one shot, it's been a while since I've listened to Critical Role. Uh, I still haven't caught up with season two, but the last few episodes uh, I haven't listened to. I've been reading mm-hmm. the synopsis. Yeah. And... Uh, catching up with the like the the little catch-up videos where you only hear they're like three minutes long yeah but gosh dang it dude hearing travis's voice just like gave me chills man yeah i ah, i forgot how much i love that guy and uh his character was this this marine sergeant and he did his amazing texas accent whole time (laughs) and it was just like uh it was everything that i wanted it was this vulgar marine sergeant from texas that oh yeah oh so good like i'll show you my notes like the first thing i wrote
1: here can you see that travis with a heart yeah
0: i just yep travis and i drew a heart around travis like that's amazing it was my favorite part
1: yeah we i mean people that are just against things to be against things Uh uh-huh so like oh, critical Role's is too big. The bat mercer effect is a terrible thing. <laughs> and I'm just over here like, man, just
0: enjoy I, it, man. It's awesome.
1: I love critical Role. Yeah. Like I just yeah the like, interaction love doing it or a hate thing, it thing which is great. Yeah. yeah. Love it or hate it. it. It's
0: good yeah. content. Yeah. They are talented people.
1: Yeah. Like it's a just recognizing it as what it is, where it's uh-huh. just a it's a TV show. Yeah. It, these, these are all voice actors. Yeah. That are acting yeah um yeah, yeah. but it's also like they're all what a weird uh, this <laughs> we don't need to get into this we've I like talked Critical about World. this we've talked about yeah, that. but it was just I, I just enjoy watching the interactions and it makes yeah. watch it makes the D D game more fun because they're they're all friends mm-hmm. i don't fanboy over a lot of things but it's just a cool yeah i just enjoy i just enjoy watching it and so it was cool to watch that again. It's too bad. I'm sure that there was a number of reasons, you know, they choose, you know, a set of players for the one shot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Matt and Ashley were both sad that Matt was not a player. Yeah. In Ashley's. I was
0: pretty sad too, but.
1: But at the same time, you know, it worked great. Like yeah. the players that were there, it worked. Fantastic. They were all
0: fantastic. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, yeah. All of their characters. I actually liked all of their characters, which. I haven't liked all of the characters from anything from Critical Role. Yeah, uh, I maybe ever. There's always been one character where everyone kind of like, meh. But yeah, uh, I can.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's hard. I mean, that's a rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, till uh, it's yeah, it's just a hard thing. I mm-hmm. mean, those are so many different personalities, and to and to just be into all of them. I mean, that's right, right. that's just gonna be an uncommon statistical thing. So yeah, um, I loved it when she started and the first time she did the mom voice oh yes mother yeah so on the ship there there was an ai um that would that would could speak dynamically to them and she was known and referred to
0: as mother which ended up and, being like such a cool character the v- yeah. at the very end her last few lines of dialogue were just like so good
1: yeah absolutely and she Uh, the, the team in critical role has such a expansive, like behind the, behind the camera crew, um, these days, but the team had set up a foot pedal for her. So she would press on the foot pedal whenever she wanted to speak in the mom voice. And it was just this echoey chamber, like, uh, reverberation, Mm -hmm. you know, female voice. It made it Um, very
0: like peaceful and like comforting to listen to. It yeah. was such a cool effect.
1: And that was cool. And it was so exciting just watching her, like, because I could feel the feelings of, like, stress. Mm-hmm. Even, like, she's oh, an yeah. actor. Yeah. But when she did the mom voice, like, I could feel, like, the inner eye. She's like, oh, I hope this is cool. Like. <laughs> yes. And the same oh. thing when she put the map out mm-hmm. for the first time. And then she did the overlay of the map of, like, the pipe system. Mm-hmm um as you know that became important later in the game that they needed to know kind of where the pipes and where the routes kind of went there was an overlay that she like a glass or something overlay that she could put over the map Mm -hmm. and i could like i could just relate to her like in her facial expression of like i'm putting this thing out and i'm gonna put this face on but like in reality the next thing that a character said like that a player says is gonna affect me emotionally (laughs) in ways that i am embarrassed about (laughs) yep and so it's, it's just cool watching somebody go, you know, go through that and just capture that on, on camera. And then the other thing is kind of just skipping ahead to maybe a comment I had for later, but we're already an hour and a half in. So it is later. Mm-hmm. There were a couple times pretty quickly in, but somebody asked something and she as a DM got to have that experience. And I just got to watch, we we just got to watch her mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, this isn't what I had planned and this isn't, or this is completely opposite of what the rules, whatever the rules are is saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah. Please do that because that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. She did that with uh, some damage, or she did that with um, somebody that wanted to do cool things that mm-hmm. maybe didn't necessarily line up with how many actions they had.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, during their turn, and yeah, I just love seeing that because that's the true. Like everybody's into it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's having fun. This isn't. This isn't good for the rules, but this is totally good for like. For our table. Just in the moment. Yeah, you're like, in this moment, this is going to be freaking cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. That was such a cool moment. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I I loved
1: it. What was your,
0: did you have a favorite part? Just all of the cussing from Travis. (laughs) I just, I find it so, like, I don't know. I I have a foul mouth. So I think swearing is funny. Um, Yeah. And especially, like. I grew up in a farm town. My great-grandpa was, like, a big, like, big, big big-time farmer. Like, think of, like, the farmeriest farmer and then, like, (laughs) multiply it by ten. And that's, like, that's how I remember my great-grandpa. Yeah. And so, like, there's that in my blood, right? And that was, like, Travis's character. But, like, a, a, a marine. Yeah. Just, like, tough and, like... Didn't give any crap, and just like, uh, just like awesome. He was, yeah, everything Travis does. Everything, yeah. I'm probably just gonna fanboy over everything Travis does until the end of time. <laughs> um, but Talison's character, and Talison is the, uh, I'm, I think Talison is the best character writer in the group. Mm. psychologically, yeah, I, could, I could agree with like, that. Yeah, even performance wise he in the very beginning marisha's character said something about talison's character empowered me to call myself doctor so and so and uh like talison didn't even react and like the (laughs) non-reaction spoke to like like his character i can only describe it as like oblivious arrogance yeah yeah like of course of course i have the power to give her the power to call herself doctor like I'm yeah. me, right? And he never said any of that. But that kind of personality was portrayed in several things that he several like tiny, tiny, tiny things that he did that uh I luckily picked up on and I was like, Oh that was something a college professor would do.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um I love his yeah, I love his I love his characters. Mm. Um I think he does a great job like in the moment. I think all of them do a great job mm-hmm. sticking like staying in character. Yeah.
0: But h- him especially I, though. Like yeah, he shines. It's really hard for them to break Talison out of character.
1: Yeah. And I remember, I think she said something. I think Marisha, Marisha's character said something about like, uh, let's detach the arc. They, mm-hmm. they were, they were on a different part of the ship than, than another. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it yeah. was important for them to separate it out so that the monsters didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's detach that. And, just not missing a single beat, Tallison. Like he like startled, and he's like, "You don't have the authority. Like you don't have the authority to do that."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, it was such a cool moment."
1: Yeah. If it wasn't sure, that's exactly what somebody would say. If it was, if somebody took the time to make a script, but Tall Tallison just threw that mm-hmm. out because he was in character, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, how dare you suggest that?" Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, you know things like that is just impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. My So my favorite moment was Marisha's character at the end when she uh, died.
0: Yeah. That was a great... Yeah, I just have, like, the ending. The whole, oh, yeah. like, the last 15 minutes of that whole thing was just, like, epic storytelling. Yeah. And, like, one of the points I wanted to make about this was I believe a story, any story, is only as good as its ending. And the ending of this story just sent this thing home, like... Yeah. The ending was phenomenal. Yeah. And it took every single person at that table to make it amazing.
1: So were they doing the uh, spoilers for people that haven't gotten that by now, but were they like, was she just doing a Planet of the Apes reference at the end?
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at the beginning, she said that this kind of, this turned into a love letter to all of her favorite movies that she loved growing up and so oh, there okay, was a lot okay, okay. Of, i mean it was heavily obviously heavily inv- inspired by the alien movies and then yeah right at the very end so their mission i don't we didn't talk about it the character's mission was to escort the last remnants of the human race from this dying planet to a new hospitable planet the planet of the apes reference was they landed on earth and the the character landed like at the feet of the collapsed tower of liberty yeah it was it was so cool it was oh man that was such a cool part
1: it was they did a good uh
0: it was it was cool Mm -hmm. what were you saying about marissa's character though at the end
1: well her just the her death she did a fantastic job of like her character was very analytical Mm -hmm. and all the players did a good thing like did a good job of like surprises like liam's character was
0: oh not yeah. human of course uh, liam's character yeah. was all of that yeah that's all um, Liam can do is like this the weird stuff yeah uh, yeah
1: the weird macabre stuff
0: is right yeah. i was like as soon as all that started happening i, I just i s- s- fight i palmed yeah, and looked up yeah. into the sky like of course liam did that
1: yeah and so uh, but Marisha's character, like she was so like anxious, but like very like uh, analytical about everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she did something, or like she was looking for a snake. I'll admit, yeah. I was doing, I was doing things while I was, uh, I was doing work while I was uh, listening or watching right. it, right? And but she went like in the middle of this fight, or at the end of this fight, when everybody was trying to do this thing, and she remembered that her pet snake. Mm-hmm. Was still like who is she possibly had been looking alive.
0: for the whole yeah. the whole time? She was worried about her pet snake,
1: so she she runs the opposite direction of where everybody's trying to go, mm-hmm. and to this dangerous part of the ship. And she already had kind of seen that her snake was probably dead, mm-hmm. but there was you know she was just portraying like like it's her pet, and maybe the pet is still alive. Mm-hmm. You know, just the the you know the thoughts going through somebody's head so she goes in and her snake is super like not kosher anymore (laughs) (laughs) and is all like weird and funky and like slithers into her throat Mm -hmm. and then she then she does something i don't know exactly what she does but then Uh she just like You'll have to explain to me kind of what she does, but mm-hmm. at the very end, at, like, at the at the very end, she's, she does the thing, and then she just knows that she's going to die, so then she just says, she just kills herself. Mm-hmm. And, it like, the way that she did it fits so perfectly with her character, and it's certainly, yeah.
0: like, it was, like, morbid, s- very abrupt, and soup, like, just, like, uh... So abrupt and, like, surprised. It took me by surprise how emotional it was. Because yeah. you'd only known these characters for, like, two hours.
1: Yeah. Um Do you know Do you know what it was that
0: she was doing? Yes. Like, in between, like, the snake coming, like, slithering yeah. inside. Okay, so what, it, what was it she was doing? So it wasn't her snake. So she was oh, okay. looking for her snake. Um, her snake was in the room where the asteroid, like, penetrated the spaceship. Oh, okay. Okay. And in its own little, cryo, like, snaky cryostasis tube. And so, like, the microorganism that became the xenomorph was on this little asteroid. Okay. And so that was when it when the asteroid broke into the spaceship, it killed the snake right then and there. But she never had closure the whole game. And so yeah. right at the very end, they killed the big, like, the big scary monster, right? And Travis's character had been infested and uh, like so he like he his character's life was like ticking ticking away. And so she runs Can I
1: also comment on like when the players realize that Travis doesn't have oxygen?
0: Yes, oh that was such a good moment. <laughs> oh like he had
1: been he had been sprinting through the halls yeah. and they realized like Minutes later in real time that they're like, oh, like you, you're <laughs> you not holding your right breath now. this whole time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Marisha, she goes, or, uh, I forget the character's name. She runs to find her pet snake, um, in the room where the alien like originated from in the spaceship. So there's like all this goop that like eventually evolves into the alien or something yeah. in the room. And, uh. She, like, finds the remains of her snake and then, like, the the black goop, then it, like, flies into her face and it goes into her body. And she's infested at that point. And so, like, her body is now incubating one of, like, the big xenomorphs. Yeah. And so then, like, my favorite part of that is she was super analytical and, like, hyper insecure. And she always needed... Uh, Talison's oh, character oh that's right she always needed Talison's character's permission to do anything yeah and then the mother AI talks to her and uh, she's asking mother I'm infected right and mother says yes you are so I'm gonna die right and mother says unfortunately yes there's no way to to stop this now and uh Marisha's like well I hope I did something useful and I hope I wasn't an embarrassment or a disgrace or something. And then mother just says, you've never been a disgrace to me or something. And then Marisha's Marisha's character, like says like, Oh, I'm so happy. And then just slits her throw right there. And it was like, like, Oh my gosh, That (laughs) was so freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was like um... so poignant uh just top notch storytelling all around
1: yeah and it's and the, the, the fact that that was again like that wasn't planned by the player the player mm-hmm. was just experience you know yeah yeah it, it was it was super cool i mean it it was probably one of those like i acknowledge that it was probably like a when i haven't eaten in a while doesn't <laughs> matter what food i eat it's going to taste good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, yeah. And so it had been, we had mentioned it before, I I couldn't get into Exandria Unlimited mm-hmm. uh, through no faults of them. Right. You know, I, a lot of people loved it. And there were, like, everybody on there was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But just because of that, it had been a while since I had watched some Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, any any Critical Role is probably going to be good. Good stuff. But, yeah, Ashley did a great job and the players did as well. Yeah. I want to mention, uh, we're going to wrap up here because I'm terrified on how long this is going to take me on Sunday (laughs) afternoon to edit, but there was one thing back on The Wild, beyond The Witchlight that I didn't mention that was probably one of my my favorite things. Other adventure books probably have this. Uh, Like I said, I've not been the best at reading through them, but in the book, in The Feywild, or at least in this kingdom-esque of The Feywild, Mm -hmm. the previous... Uh, at some point in time, some rules had been put into place. And what? Let me see. i want to turn to it real quick just so I can read them off real quick. So rules of conduct. And so these rules have been put into place in this land. And there were three of them. And basically you can't, like, if you are hosting a guest in your home, uh, you have to be gracious and accommodating to them until, until they prove that they're not deserving of that. Mm-hmm. You can't rule of ownership. You can't steal, basically. Mm -hmm. And then rule of risk. I can never say this name or or this word reciprocity. Reciprocity, yeah. Yeah. A friend, enemy, or a stranger offers you a gift. You are obliged to accept it and offer something of comparable value, be it a gift or service in return. Such reciprocation need not happen immediately. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's neat. But then later in the book, it mentions... um, that they're kind of challenged in a couple different ways. And one of them was there's an inn where, like, fantastic, you know, a warm bed in a in a covered room and, like, hot food and nice entertainment. Like, those are all provided to the players, to the characters for free. But if the players don't remember the rule of recipro- <clears throat> reciprocity, they will inadvertently break that rule because even though it's free that rule means that they're supposed to pay for it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And so then there's a, then there's a consequence, be it maybe not in that moment, but at some point during the adventure, or at least at the end of the adventure, that's a, that's a consequence. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And immediately I was like, Oh, I, I love, I love that. (laughs) I love, you guys know, I love consequences. Yes. And I also love anytime I can like put something in like early Mm-hmm. And then just leave it.
0: Yep, sit and sit on it forever. Yeah, just,
1: and just and just let it chill. That's that's just super cool to me. And and so that whole concept of like, okay, these are the things, and then however many sessions later, they're in this random place and they're just given something for free, which is very. Uh, that's a thing that uh, many D and D players value: is mm-hmm. free things, free stuff. And th- so that just that just. That got me in a way, I was like, oh, <laughs> big fan of this. And I have to implement stuff like this more into my games, obviously. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, I don't know if I explained it kind of correctly and kind of what kind of what is going on in my head when I think about that. But mm-hmm. I love the concept. That was the last thing I wanted to mention about that book. So uh, we had some good, even though we didn't even play this week, uh, we had mm-hmm. some good D&D stuff.
0: We and did. Whatnot. We did. So... Yes. Oh, man. And I'm super looking forward to this next month of D&D stuff, because my story is heating up that we're in.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm
0: excited. And possibly the first book that I will ever own myself is coming out in October. You know about this, Jordan.
1: I do. Yeah, we're going to be that won't come up on the podcast until probably towards the end of November. Because we got a lot of exciting stuff.
0: We do. I'm excited. But but, but it's as far as be when a good we week. start
1: reading it, it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's gonna be intaked int intook immediately. <laughs> and Brian, you'll be happy to know that that is already pre-ordered. Uh, you're a saint. On Dean and uh, and we don't need to talk about the other avenues by which it may fall into my hands. <laughs> And so uh, all that matters is that is that immediately you'll be able to read it on D d beyond. Ah, so. that
0: makes me so happy. I'm so
1: happy. Yeah, so it should be good. Um, thanks everybody for listening. I I'm excited for what we have for our next release. I'm not gonna I don't want to mention it right now because it might uh, change a little bit, but uh, it'll be a good one either way.
0: Yes, it'll be good. Always remember folks, don't believe anything we say.
1: Indeed, good night or good morning. goodbye. <laughs>